Welcome to Proven and Probable. Today we're going to highlight the other yellow metal, which is known as uranium. Our featured company is a successful exploration company, as well as a project generator with multiple assets throughout Canada's Athabasca Basin, which is known for hosting the world's highest grade uranium deposits in the world. Before we begin, as always, I would appreciate if you click the subscribe button and click the bell. Now, on to today's interview. Joining us for a conversation is Jordan Trimble, the CEO of Sky Harbor Resources, which is a preeminent uranium and thorium explorer in Canada's Athabasca Basin. Mr. Trimble, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me again. Glad to have you back on the program to get us up to date on the uranium market and the latest developments on Sky Harbor Resources. Jordan, a lot has happened since we last spoke in September, beginning in the U.S. Perhaps take us through the elections and how that might affect the uranium market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I do think that uh, uh, either outcome uh, was was going to be positive for the uranium market going forward. I actually did a, a little article, um, which I can uh, uh, send along uh, after the interview uh, that outlines my thesis uh, on the election. But bottom line is both candidates have, have showed uh, shown that they're pro-nuclear. Um, if you look at uh, what Trump was doing uh, over the course of the last several years and what would likely continue under a, a, a continued Trump presidency. Uh, he was a, a strong advocate for nuclear energy uh, for different reasons than a, a Biden administration, but nonetheless a, a strong advocate. And, and one of the focus areas for, for Trump has been um, uh, one on uh, the, the uh, development of SMR, a small modular reactor, technology which would likely continue to actually uh, will continue under uh, under either candidate getting in um, but also uh, we we saw over the last several years um, just a renewed focus on the uranium mining industry and nuclear industry in the united states started with section 232 which was uh, as you recall an investigation into uh, the security um, of supply of uranium, which, uh, again, powers about 20% of the country. It accounts for 55% of the clean electricity generated uh, in the U.S. The U.S. still has the largest uh, fleet of nuclear reactors. Uh, and uh, most, almost all of the uranium in the fuel for these reactors has to be imported from uh, foreign sources. A good chunk of that coming from um, ex-Soviet states, including Russia, Kazakhstan, and Uzbekistan. So uh, Section 232 led to the, the Nuclear Fuel Working Group, uh, which has uh, now led to, and this was just recently ratified, a $150 million a year uh, budget for a domestic uranium uh, reserve. And uh, so we're seeing a, a renewed focus uh, and, and attention on this space, which is positive. It's positive for uh, uranium, North American uranium companies, uh, mining companies. It's positive for U.S. Uh, nuclear utilities. Uh, you know, it's important to, to keep in mind that nuclear energy uh, is the only source of baseload CO2 emissions-free electricity. It provides its, its baseload, so 24-7. It's not intermittent like other sources of clean electricity, uh, provides gr grid and price stability, and it anchors local community with jobs and a tax base. And uh, just on, on that note, coming out of, the, uh, coming out of this pandemic, um, I think we do see a uh, very large infrastructure spend. I think we, we see that under a Biden, in particular under a Biden administration. Um, and uh, uh, one of the things that Biden's talked about is this $1.7 trillion climate change budget, uh, massive amount going into going into 
uh, fighting climate change, um, and and nuclear is included in that. It, also, it, as I mentioned, the development of these SMR small modular reactors. Um, we'll see likely under a Biden administration, the U.S. Uh, re-enter the Claris, uh, Paris Climate uh, Agreement, uh, again, which will be positive uh, for nuclear in the U.S. And, and the demand for uranium going forward. So, uh, you know, regardless of the outcome, um, it's, uh, I think, going to be positive for nuclear and for uranium mining. Um, it's one of the few topics or subjects that has bipartisan support. Uh, which I think in particular under a Biden administration, uh, they're going to really uh, utilize that uh, to, uh, to to get legislation through. And so um, I, I think we're in for a good couple of years as a result of the uh, U.S. elections. Uh, it looks like Biden uh, has the edge here. And uh, I think as a result of that, we will see this uh, new nuclear renaissance in particular in the U.S. And as a Canadian uranium company, that's positive for us. Um, I, we will, I believe, see uh, an increase in demand going forward. Uh, and that's just in the U.S. Again, we haven't spoken about uh, globally. Uh, really, the, the demand side has been driven by growth in, in nuclear energy in places like China and India and other parts of the developing world. Yeah, let's talk about those global events here in just a second. So the uranium spot price has had a steady increase in price from the lows of $19 back in 2017. Two-part question. What is the probability that we may see the uranium price potentially reaching the highs that we saw back in 2007? I think everybody wants to see this $135 a pound. And what global events should we be looking at as potential catalysts? Uh, well, it's a, it's a good question. Unfortunately, I do not have a crystal ball, so I, I, I'd rather not speculate on how high the, high the price could go. But I will say uh, right now we're trading at about $29 to $30 a pound in the spot market. Um, that is still relatively low. Uh, we saw in 2016 the spot price get down to just under $18 a pound. Uh, U.S., which in inflation-adjusted terms is one of the lowest it's ever traded at. We have seen that trend reverse. We've, we've obviously seen the price ticking up. Uh, in particular, in 2020, we saw a spike in the in the price back in April and May as we saw a major supply-side response uh, due to the pandemic. We saw almost 50% of primary global mine supply offline at that point. Uh, you know, part of that had to do with. Uh, recent uh, production curtailment due to low prices that we've seen some mines shut down over the last several years. Um, and then this was exacerbated by the pandemic. And we saw, for example, Cigar Lake, which accounts for over 12% of global primary mine supply shut down for several months. We've seen the Kazakhs announce additional production curtailment. Uh, and, and we look, we, we, we saw, um, you know, the world uh, respond to a black swan event and, and uh, uranium mining um, like many other industries, uh, was a victim to that. And, and uh, we, we uh, can safely say now that the supply side for this metal, for this commodity, uh, the risks to the supply side far, out see, uh, far um, outweigh the risk to the demand side. We see a relatively sticky demand side nuclear energy through this pandemic has been a source of uh, reliable, affordable electricity. We haven't seen much of a pullback uh, on the demand side. So we, we, we have seen the supply side uh, hit hard for uh, a period of time. And again, going into a second wave, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw 
uh, additional production cuts um, over the coming months. And so that's just something to keep an eye on. Now, as far as the price goes, uh, you know, we are trading well below the average global all-in cost of production. We do need to see a higher price at $30 a pound. Very few uh, operating mines make money. Uh, and we're trading well below the price needed to incentivize new production to come online. And I think that that's a, a key talking point here is we really haven't seen any major new mines come online uh, in the last five or six years. And, and we're, we're a ways off um, from seeing any new major mines come online. And so I think as, as time uh, goes on, we will see this continued strain on the supply side, which will ultimately drive uh, higher prices. And just one last note on that, um, you know, we've talked about this in previous interviews, the key driver over the next few years, I believe, for a higher price will be uh, new utility contracting, right? And this is something that we've that's been relatively dormant for the last several years. And there's there's a number of reasons for that. But we are starting to see renewed utility interest in new contracts. Um, I believe in 2021 we will start to see uh, a number of higher price contracts being signed. In particular, I think you could see that in the U.S. We just talked about the implications of the election. I think that we will see. Now that the air has been cleared with uh, Section 232, the Nuclear Fuel Working Group, and, and clearly a push to this, uh, this, this new nuclear renaissance, if you will, um, I think you will see, uh, in particular, U.S. nuclear utilities enter into some longer-term contracts. And, and this new contracting cycle uh, will be what uh, I think really drives a much higher price over the coming years. It's important to note that 50% of the existing contracts that are out there expire by 2027. So uh, we will have to see these utilities come back to the market sooner than later. Sorry for the interruption, folks, but I do want to remind you everything we're covering today with Mr. Trimble, you can find in the description box below. And if you like our content, I would appreciate if you give us a thumbs up. Now, back to the interview. Jordan, can nuclear energy actually play a part in the economic recovery from COVID-19? And if yes, how? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, there's one trend that uh, that we've seen uh, continue uh, for, you know, in particular, um, the last uh, number of decades and, and, and just more recently with, you know, the advent of electric vehicles uh, and, and uh, you know, just just a growth in electrification globally. We need more electricity um, and we need reliable baseload sources of clean electricity generation for that. And that's what nuclear uh, provides. And uh, I think coming out of this pandemic and the economic shock that it's created, uh, I think you'll see um, a, a, a drastic increase in infrastructure spending globally. Uh, we've seen that talked a lot about in the US, but I think you'll see that globally. Uh, and uh, the nuclear industry is, is, is a perfect fit for that. It provides baseload clean electricity. Uh, as I mentioned, it provides job, it provides a tax base. Um, and uh, just uh, recently, we saw an announcement out of the UK, a 12 billion pound, uh, about 16 billion uh, dollar uh, budget for uh, a new um, uh, climate change uh, budget initiative, which a big part of that includes uh, new nuclear reactors, uh, these small modular reactors, they partnered with Rolls-Royce on it. So we are starting to see now coming out of this pandemic, uh, countries like the UK, uh, like the US, um, focus on nuclear energy as, as a part of that response and as that uh, 
uh, economic recovery uh, with the uh, the economic uh, devastation we've seen from this pandemic. Now that we've got an update on the uranium market, let's get more specific on Sky Harbor Resources. The company is completing a drill program on its flagship MORE project and has plans for additional work there. Can you provide us with an update on the program and uh, what's to come? Yeah, absolutely. So as as you and your listeners are well aware, this is our, our flagship high-grade uranium project. It's situated strategically on the east side of the Athabasca Basin, about 15 kilometers uh, east of Denison's Wheeler project. Uh, Denison is a large strategic shareholder of Sky Harbor. Uh, so we're proximal to infrastructure. Uh, we're proximal to strategic partners. Um, this is a project that we've been exploring for the last several years. We've had some notable uh, discovery success uh, and uh, including uh, drill results uh, as high as 21% U308 over a meter and a half. Um, we, we've more recently been focused on uh, exploration and drilling into uh, the underlying basement rock. So most of the high-grade mineralization uh, at this project is located at what's called the Maverick Zone. It's on a, a five-kilometer long conductive corridor, uh, only half of which has been systematically explored and drill tested. So we still have a lot of upside potential along strike and a depth on this corridor. But most of the uranium, high-grade uranium mineralization has been found at the end conformity or in the sandstone. So more recently, using some new techniques, uh, some new geophysical surveys, we've been able to identify and refine targets in the underlying basement rocks. And what's interesting about these targets uh, is that this is where the mineralization, the uraniums come from these feeder zones. And so we've, we've now more effectively targeted these feeder zones at depth. Uh, and uh, this program that we're just wrapping up, we have results pending. We're very happy with what we've seen uh, and what we're drilling into. Uh, and we have plans right now to follow this up um, in, the, in the new year, fully funded for another winter drill program. Uh, but, but we should have results out uh, shortly. And that's going to be a key catalyst uh, for the company over the next month or two here. Your last news release was a letter of intent signed for an option agreement with an Australian company, Valor Resources, through their subsidiary, Pitchblend. Perhaps walk us through the deal and the benefits to Sky Harbor shareholders. Yeah, so this was a, a pretty significant announcement for us, and you, you will see additional announcements over the coming months as we finalize the deal uh, and work towards a definitive agreement. Uh, so uh, Pitchblend is a private company that's doing an RTO with a, uh, an Australian listed, listed public company called Valor. Um, that's going through right now. Uh, we've announced a, uh, an earn-in option, an LOI for an earn-in option uh, with the company, uh, which would see them earn up to 80%. Uh, of what's called the North Falcon Point project. So this is the north end of our Falcon Point project. And that's significant because we are keeping the southern half of the project, which includes um, a, a, a small inferred res uranium resource that we have. Uh, Valor will earn in on the northern part of the project. Uh, and uh, in order to do that over the next three years, there's uh, about just under half a million dollars in cash payments that have to be made about a million dollars worth of stock that has to be issued. Uh, and then there's a multi-million dollar exploration uh, program planned over the next uh, several years. And this is a part of our prospect generator business, which we've talked about in the past. Uh, we have a dual-pronged 
uh, approach to running the business here at Sky Harbor. We're obviously a high-grade discovery and exploration company focused at our flagship more project, but we have a large portfolio over half a million acres of, of properties in the Athabasca Basin uh, that we then uh, look to option out or find strategic joint venture partners uh, to fund the exploration on. And so this is just the latest, the third deal that we've consummated. Um, and uh, what's great about it too, is it's a new, a new group coming in, uh, an Australian company. It's led by a gentleman named George Bach, who's a well-known mining executive based in Perth. Um, he's built several multi-hundred million dollar mining companies. Uh, and uh, he actually previously ran a uranium company called Northern Uranium. Uh, and uh, so he knows the sector quite well. Uh, the head geologist is a gentleman named Gary Billingsley, who's based in Saskatoon. I, I actually got the pleasure of meeting Gary when I was out there uh, a couple months ago. Uh, and Gary's a, a, a multi-decade veteran geologist uh, who knows the, the province of Saskatchewan very, very well, knows my geological team uh, very well. And so we're, we're very much looking forward to working with uh, Valor going forward. And uh, just uh, on that note, uh, as, as you know, we have several other partner companies as in court uh, at our East Preston project. Uh, we should have some news out shortly on their plans for future exploration at East Preston and uh, industry leader Arano, previously known as Ariva, uh, earning in at our Preston project. So uh, now three partner companies funding exploration at our other projects, and we also get some cash and stock payments from these companies as well. Before we close, Mr. Trimble, what would you like to share? With shareholders yeah i'd say in the next several months we have some major uh catalysts for the company including drill results uh future drilling at our flagship more project we're fully funded we raised money uh this summer with a, a generalist fund that has started taking positions in uranium companies uh and uh our partners uh, uh valor Arano and Azincourt have plans for exploration at our other projects. So we're going to have a very busy six months. And this is in the backdrop of a rising uranium market. I think we, we see this price continue to move higher. We do see it kind of move in fits and starts. We've, we've seen that uh, here this year. Uh, but the general trend has been up. And uh, like I said earlier, I do see um, new contracting driving a higher uranium price. I do see continued risks to the supply side driving a, a higher uranium price. And uh, one last thing I, I didn't touch on was the fact that because of these production cuts we've seen, uh, we will see continued purchasing from uh, uranium producers in the spot market to make up uh, for some of their lost production. So that too, I think, will, will help contribute to a higher uranium price. Speaking of purchasing, full disclosure, I have been adding to my position with Sky Harbor Resources for the virtues conveyed in today's message. Mr. Trimble, if investors want to get more information about Sky Harbor Resources, please share the contact details. Yeah, so uh, the best way to get more information on the company is to simply go to the website at www.skyharborltd.com. Uh, all of our contact information and details are on there, all of our uh, news releases, all of the information, pertinent information on the company that you need is, is on the website. And I'm happy to chat with anyone that's interested in the company as a shareholder, looking to become a shareholder. Uh, again, all of our contact information is on there. Mr. Trimble, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. Wishing you and Sky Harbor Resources the absolute best, sir. 
Sky Harbor Resources trades on the TSXV symbol SYH and on the OTCQB symbol SYHBF. Sky Harbor Resources is a sponsor of Proven and Probable, and we are proud shareholders for the virtues conveyed in today's message. Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm your licensed representative to buy and sell physical precious metals through Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, where we have several options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery of gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and rhodium to offshore depositories and precious metal IRAs. There is no minimum to purchase. Give me a call at 855-505-1900 or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com. Finally, please subscribe to Proven and Probable from Mining Insights and Bullion Sales. Subscription is free. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.